today on the show, we're talking about one of the most complicated, controversial, and uh, mysterious characters in the entire Borderlands franchise, mm-hmm. Butt Stallion. Wait, what? Yeah, no. Butt Stallion. We're talking about Butt Stallion. No, we aren't. What? Wait, did who, you? who are we talking about then? Did you not get the script? The one the, that, hang on, who are we talking about The today? one that says uh, Handsome Jack on the cover oh. of it? Oh, wrong script. Okay, that's my bad. All right, all right. All right I'm going to go get the right script. We're going to take this from the top. Welcome to War Party the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind our favorite games. I'm Bavia. And I'm Caleb. And today we're rightfully talking about one of the coolest characters in Borderlands and really what makes him tick, Handsome Jack. Like we've uh, mentioned Handsome Jack in other episodes we've done so far Mm -hmm. because how key he is to the franchise, like... There's very little you can talk about at all without at least mentioning him because he's just been so influential on the story up until this point. And today on the docket, we're talking about why exactly Handsome Jack went insane. Now, there's a couple of theories uh, on the Internet. And honestly, when Caleb and I had this discussion, we butted heads a lot. So it's going to be up to you to decide who's right here. And I'm of the opinion that the man was always insane there was obviously like a troubled childhood. A bunch of people betrayed him. He started reveling in the bunch of killings he did up in pre-sequel and even more theatrical up in Borderlands 2. And honestly, the Vault Hunters in Borderlands 2 just gave him this wonderful platter in the city of Sanctuary, something for him to aim all of his rage at. I think it's him and him alone. Whereas I'm a little bit more of the opinion, I like I am not even in the slightest a handsome Jack apologist. So I will not be attempting to argue any variation of Handsome Jack isn't actually evil. I'll leave that to all of the other conspiracy theory podcasts that attempt to argue that. But I don't think that Handsome Jack's insanity and necessarily the extent to which um, some of his cruelty came from was necessarily entirely his own internal decisions. I think that his mind was warped and manipulated by the Elpis Vault at the end of pre-sequel. And for those who haven't played pre-sequel, tell me a little bit about the Elpis Vault. So the Elpis Vault is also known as the Vault of the Sentinel, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's inside the center of Elpis, which is uh, one of Pandora's moons. And... Jack attempted to reach this vault and find the treasures inside, and that's what most of the plot of pre-sequel is about. At the very end, when he finally defeats the people protecting it, goes in, reaches the vault, uh, he finds that the vault contains information on the vault of the warrior, on Pandora. Right. My belief is that the knowledge of the warrior and the... Vault itself warped Jack's mind and turned him from being kind of merely selfish and power hungry to outright insane and at some points even cruel. Now, if the insanity meter is rated from a zero to ten and at the end of Borderlands 2, 
Jack is like at a 10 out of 10 for lack of a better term. And like, where would you say he would be at the very end or right before he gets into the vault at the end of the pre-sequel? Because frankly, I'd still, I'd still put him at an eight. That trajectory still there. He still forced a robot to kind of rewrite her own personality for his own selfish gains. He still killed people and very much had a visceral response to doing so. I mean, I feel like all the steps are already there for him to already go justifiably insane and be unable to trust people. Because you also have to remember when we talk about sanity in Borderlands, especially if we're saying it's on a scale of 1 to 10, we have to remember that pretty much the entire Borderlands universe operates in between 9 and 10. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I can't disagree with that, except for that one person everyone thinks is insane, but he's like the only one out of 10. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that guy's drunk all the time. So I think like going from a 9.1 to a uh going from a 9.1 to a 10 <laughs> um i think that uh jack kind of slides his way down like from like 9.2 to like 9.7 as it goes on and i think he finally crosses over when he touches the vault knowledge but the things you have to keep in mind are that uh athena herself recognized that moment as that was the day the hero that saved us on Helios died, mm -hmm. which refers to that being a major change in her own perception of him. Mm -hmm. Then you also have to remember that most of Jack's actions prior to that moment were primarily self-serving. Okay. And are you saying because it's self-serving, they're justifiable? Like I'm just going to throw some examples out there that we see in the pre-sequel killing the Marif reprogramming Felicity and creating the eye of the destructor. Like how do you, how do you justify all of those motives without painting Jack in an incredibly insane light? I don't think any of those actions were justified. And like I've said, I am not a handsome Jack apologist by any means. I think those actions were evil. I think you're sounding like one right now. The thing that you have to realize though, is that those actions weren't for the sake of reveling in cruelty or for some twisted vision of what Pandora or Elpis could be. They were the actions of someone who at different points thought what he was doing was for the greater good. And at other points um, was simply trying to act in a way that was profitable. Cause you have to remember his entire shtick is he works for Hyperion. Eventually he becomes Hyperion CEO. Like, I would argue up until that point, his goal is profit, whether personal profit or the profit of Hyperion, or in the case of Elpis not blowing up the profit of people not dying, like his goal is some form or other of profit. And then after the warrior, um, his actions in Borderlands 2 are no longer necessarily profitable. So follow up question then, because if you're saying it was mainly getting into the vault of the Sentinel that pushed him over the edge, I want to posit a question to you. And that is, if Jack had not found the vault of the Sentinel and he didn't go through this transformative experience that Athena described to Lilith in Borderlands, the pre-sequel, would he have still gone insane through other means? Or do you think that his actions within 
owning Hyperion or within running the company, would they have been different or at another maybe different direction than the Handsome Jack we saw in Borderlands 2? The majority of Vault Hunters that we see, and that includes Handsome Jack, are primarily after profit. When I say that includes Handsome Jack, that's in air quotes. That's what he claims he's looking for. As time goes on, you find out he's actually looking for the Vault of the Warrior so that he can um, use it to control and rule Pandora. The I think without that knowledge, it only would have been a source of wealth. But the thing that you have to remember about Pandora is that Hyperion controlled it at this point. It was their source of wealth. Like, if Jack had... If Jack's actual goal was to profit Hyperion and himself, he literally could have just mined Iridium all day, mined his own fucking business about the Crimson Raiders occasionally fighting whatever bandits were directly fighting him, and basically, like, not picked all these fights trying to steal the vault key and um, kidnap a siren. Like, Mm -hmm. I think ultimately his actions toward the Vault of the Warrior were not actions motivated by profit, but actions motivated by the desire for... The desire for power and something even greater. Yeah, the desire for that vault to be open. Yeah, that specific form of power. I definitely think the vault kind of twisted him in that direction from there. Actually, now that I'm thinking about this, and yes, it is possible to change your mind in the middle of a podcast... I think Handsome Jack's mental state at the end of pre-sequel was just malleable enough to be influenced by the Vault of the Sentinel, such that as soon as he was branded by that big vault symbol in his face by being punched by Lilith at that ending cutscene, he saw exactly what he wanted to see, and thus maybe he was chosen in some capacity to open up the Vault of the Warrior, possibly leading to this shift in motive, but I still don't think that doesn't mean he wasn't absolutely insane throughout pre-sequel. And I feel that sort of like the basis for his personality still delves into his childhood because Handsome Jack's insanity has a very clear trace back to how he was raised and the fact that nearly everybody that was ever close to him betrayed him in some capacity whether it be Moxie or whether it be even his own daughter in at the end of Borderlands 2 or nearing the end of Borderlands 2, turning herself in and rather saying, I'd die than be with you. I definitely think those things pushed him even further throughout the course of Borderlands 2. Um, my other point of note, um, insisting that the Elpa's fault is the thing that warped Handsome Jack's mind to the extent that it is, also comes from looking at what it did from the other people that opened and looked at that vault. Most specifically, uh, Doll Lost Legion and Zarpadon. Tell me about what happened to the Doll Legion and Zarpadon, and maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> okay, so the the Lost Legion are some of the main enemies for a significant percentage of the pre-sequel. They were a, a Doll-like military unit that was on Elpis. And they eventually came across the Elpis vault and found the knowledge of the warrior that was inside of it. Now, this is where I think Handsome Jack's insanity contributed to the direction that he was pushed. Because Zarpadon was originally incredibly friendly and had this incredible camaraderie built with her crew. And eventually, when they discovered the vault and found out the knowledge that was inside of it, 
They became obsessed with not even protecting the vault, but destroying the vault. When they found out that a handsome Jack was on his way to attempt to open it, they attacked Helios, took over Helios Station, and started using Jack's uh, Helios laser to try to destroy the moon. Right, right. And so while Zarpadon went from being a defender to specifically trying to defend the Vault of the Warrior to the point of being willing to kill an entire moon full of people for it, whereas Jack was already kind of power-hungry and the mind warped his power-hunger and directed it at the Vault of the Warrior. While we could be having this conversation one way or the other about the extent to which the Vault of the Sentinel warped or enhanced Jack's insanity, it definitely gave it a direction. Now, that was actually my next question, that looking at the doll soldiers in Zarpadon, were they relatively non-insane prior to meeting the vault? 100%. There's a mission where you find a bunch of audio logs originally left by the soldiers, and it indicates that they had an incredibly positive relationship with each other. They were all incredibly tight-knit. Zarpadon actually leaves one specific note they have a new pet that, like, they acquire, that the ship acquires, and they want to name it Zarpadon. <laughs> and she <laughs> says, that's not a valid name. I'm flattered. Find another. So my next question is, do you think it was exactly the entering of the Vault of the Sentinel that led to him wanting to quote-unquote colonize Pandora? Because it's one thing to just mine Iridium, Try to find the vault key. He already had his daughter locked up. Why did the entire plot of Borderlands 2 then have to involve so many people? Was it just for the theatrics? The reason it had to involve so many people is because he had to steal the vault key from Tannis. And stealing the vault key from Tannis meant attacking New Haven. It meant attacking Helena Pierce. Um, eventually, they found It meant eventually kidnapping Tannis and torturing her. All of those things are the things that kind of provoked the war with the Crimson Raiders. I suspect uh, if Jack had not actively sought after the vault, if he had just mined and colonized, I think that he would have gotten a little bit of trouble from the bandits and maybe even a little bit of trouble from the Crimson Raiders. It wouldn't have been as... It wouldn't have been the massive shit show that is the entire plot of Borderlands 2. And that's the thing. If his mind wasn't warped in the direction of the warrior, if his goal was actually profit, then he would have very clearly known, like, this entire planet is constantly producing iridium. It's literally a goddamn money factory. Like, Right. And then, and then they just sub-license their e-tech to all these other companies, so now all the other companies are paying them. So there's a lot of ways to get a lot of money But at the end of the day, he doesn't want that. He wants power. And, you know, I think, and and this is a total side tangent, but it's really tragic that I think deep down there is someone who still very much loves his daughter, for example. Like he keeps presenting the entire situation as you don't understand. I did this to protect her. And it is presented as if he has his hand forced for the greater good that he is doing all of these things and providing civility to places like Lynchwood and Opportunity and so on and so forth. And that's what makes him 
in many ways, such a relatable villain and someone who you love to hate because I think we've all seen those type of people where you understand where their motives are coming from. But nonetheless, you're thinking to yourself, that doesn't make you any less of a monster. And my last follow-up question then to that is, do you think what Jack is doing is for the greater good? Rather, does Jack think what he's doing is for the greater good? Maybe I should have phrased it that way. I think I think that's probably the hardest question we've had to answer on this episode so far. Because I think that... He definitely claims it is, but I think he's also someone who really likes to just hear himself talk. There's really two types of villains that he could be. He could be the Voldemort type of villain where he's, you know, there is no good or evil, only power and those too weak to seek it. And he's purely after power for its own sake. Or he could be the uh, Umbridge type villain where he's after the greater good, but his views of what's good are so incredibly warped. I think that uh, Jack is in an interesting space of being a lot of both, and it's difficult to tell which side is more dominant. I would have to say he's probably that power-focused villain, because it is even, it's that power that twists him into torturing the ones he loves and doing kind of insane things and him kind of just normalizing it. And, I mean, it begins from... The time he shoots the Marith, right? His very first kill, it's boom, boom, boom. I was going to let you live. Oh, wow, that felt really good. I might want to do this again, and now I know I'm okay with it. So now I have this other tool in my arsenal that's not holding me back. Those who are too weak to not kill can get out of my way. I definitely think there's a degree of truth to that. You, you do have to remember, even at that point, and this is where we're switching sides a little bit, you do have to remember that like, as much as... Th- the Marath may have been his first direct kill. You also have to remember he manipulated the events of Borderlands 1, which means he is directly responsible for a lot of those deaths. And so I think there's, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of both. And I think it's, he's a difficult person to have these conversations about just because there's so many layers to him and so many directions he could go. And it's not always clear what level of irony or self-awareness he's operating on. So from what I'm hearing, you think he's doing stuff for the greater good. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because the Borderlands 2 Jack we know is so goddamn dramatic and does so many stereotypical villain things. There's no way he's not aware of what he's doing. I think he likes to paint himself as this amazing, gilded hero that look at what these bandits are doing. The audacity of these people to even challenge him is an insult to him and his legacy that he's created for himself. I think there's definitely something to be said about both, because you also have to remember that uh, he even yells at one point, this is what always makes me angry about you bad guys. You know the hero's gonna win, but you keep fighting anyway. And he, like, keeps talking like that. He keeps talking about avenging his daughter. I do think he thinks his cruelty is justified. I don't think his cruelty is justified, but I think he thinks it. But he then is aware that it's cruelty. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is he aware of what the things he's doing is are bad? Like I said, it's it's difficult to... Caleb, I'm going to need an answer here. I'm going to need an answer. <laughs> My answer is that it's intentionally left vague and not obvious. I suppose it's just something we're going to have to look to Borderlands 3 for. I don't think he's coming back in Borderlands 3. We'll, we'll see, but I doubt it. 
And that's all we have for today. Be sure to check out our Twitter at lore underscore party and to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening from. It really helps us grow the show. To access our archive of previous episodes, you can find us at loreparty.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.